brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show nationwide. The phone number, should you wish to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I got to play this audio for you out of the gate. This is Valerie Jarrett's daughter. You remember Valerie Jarrett. She worked for Barack Obama. Uh, her daughter got hired by CNN and is now a morning anchor at CNN. No political nepotism or anything there. Uh, they actually fired a, a, a guy who's a friend of mine who was actually really good uh, because they wanted her on the morning desk. And there she is. And now this is what she's saying. Or though is the protest. Oh. Um, and, and this is a question about civility. The frustration people feel is personal. But where's the line? Obviously, what we see, the, the apparent arson at, a, um, at, at an anti-abortion nonprofit in Wisconsin is over the line. Violence is always over the line. But there are real questions and conversations today about protests outside Supreme Court justices' houses, particularly Justice Kavanaugh. Um, where do you think that line is? I think for a lot of people, the, a conversation about civility feels um, like it misses the mark mm. when constitutional rights that you believe that you had for over 50 years are about to be overturned. The justices have security. So far, all of the protests have seemed overwhelmingly nonviolent. Uh, there are plenty of protests that happen every single day in this country, around the country, at abortion clinics, blocking women from getting into clinics. And we don't cover those as if there's four mm -hmm. alarm fires. And so, yes, there are going to be protests in front of Kavanaugh's house because people are angry. Um, and as long as they stay nonviolent, I think for most uh, for most of the people who are watching it, you can understand wh where they're coming from. Even if you may think politically it's not the right thing, you can understand sort of where, where that animated feeling is coming from. Uh, talking about civility is beside the point, she said. It's actually against federal law to protest outside a federal judge's home in order to intimidate, persuade, or attempt to uh, correct a judicial opinion. It's against federal law to do that. And yet here they are doing that. Um, where's Merrick Garland? President Biden has issued a statement today through Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, uh, saying that uh, civil, peaceful protest is fine, don't get violent. This after a pro-life center in Wisconsin was firebombed with Molotov cocktails. They are harassing the justices on Twitter. 
You know, if, if you call for the assassination of someone on the left, they turn your account off. Multiple people have now called for the assassination of Supreme Court justices, and Twitter says it's free speech. One uh, political cartoonist drew a cartoon that advocated uh, taking guns to Supreme Court justices' homes. They've left it up. A Georgetown law professor, remember Ilya Shapiro? Ilya Shapiro said that uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson was not qualified. His tweets were willfully misconstrued to make him sound racist. He was put on indefinite suspension from Georgetown University Law School. A Georgetown University Law School professor is encouraging violent protests at Supreme Court justices' houses and saying, screw you, I've got tenure, I can say this and they can't do anything to me advocating violence against pro-life activists and uh, pro-life clinics as well, Uh, and essentially saying that uh, your private property isn't really your private property and that people in the suburbs need to get over their privilege of thinking they should be free of protest. Y'all, they've lost their minds. They've lost their minds. And this, this, by the way, this this is, is... Probably the second biggest story. At the bottom of the hour, I'm going to talk about the biggest story, but this one's getting more attention. And so I wanted to actually get it first out of the gate. But the real big story that is flying under the radar that we will get to at the bottom of the hour is the formula shortages. It's also why they're not going to win. Um, the, the the Democrats, they're, they're not going to win. They're trying to use abortion as a way to motivate the younger generation, and it's not going to help them. Here's Chuck Todd. We are back. Data download time. Democrats are hoping the news about Roe will energize their base, and they have their eyes on younger voters, and here's why. Among younger voters, three-quarters say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. That's 20 percentage points more than the share of voters over 65 who share that view. That large gap matters because those groups of voters do not usually turn out in the same numbers, especially when it comes to the midterms. Let me show you. Look, here's younger voters in a presidential year. They are they become almost one in five voters. But in midterm years, you can see here young voters down to the 12, 13 percent. But even in a, that good Democratic year of 18, younger voters didn't quite get out. Meanwhile, those 65 plus voters are far more likely to go to the polls no matter the election. The question now is, could a Supreme Court opinion that overturns a nearly 50-year precedent row be enough to alter that picture and motivate a younger elector? No, the answer is no. That's checked out in the polling. No, it's it's not. Most people are not getting abortions. This is what Democrats forget. And you will have to forgive me for making this the big topic today, but there's a larger issue here than just the abortion issue. This is the governor of, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, no, the, the attorney general of Michigan. Well, there's 83 duly elected prosecutors uh, for every county in our state. As attorney general, I have statewide jurisdiction, and um, I, I ran on a platform of understanding that likely during the course of my term, Roe v. Wade would be overturned, and this incredibly draconian and strict 1931 law would criminalize abortion in this state with virtually no exceptions, no exception for rape, for incest, no exception for medical emergencies. And understanding that the lives of our 2.2 million women who are of childbearing age in this state, their lives would be at risk. I refuse to enforce 
uh, this draconian law that will endanger their lives uh, and put at jeopardy the health, safety, and welfare of the lives of each and every woman in the state of Michigan. They're not going to enforce any laws if the legislature passes them. The, the rule of law breaks down when you don't get your way. Uh, this is the reason I focus out of the gate on this is a larger issue. And it's one you need to start understanding fairly immediately because we're headed to a, a crisis that's going to overshadow all the other crises coming our way. Uh, and it is the breakdown of the constitutional order if you don't get your way. The left and the media is obsessed about January 6th. Obsessed. You can't get away with it. You know, I I got lit on fire by members of the media for saying no one really cares about January 6th. And everybody cares. Everybody should care. How dare you say people don't care? People don't care. You, you, you care about your paycheck. You care about your family. You care about your job. You care about making ends meet. You don't really care about January 6th unless you are obsessed. People with a life don't care about it. And yet the media demands that we care about it because they stormed the U.S. Capitol to intimidate Congress into stopping the Electoral College votes. The very same people who urge you to care deeply about that are telling you, yeah, it's just it's no big deal that they're at Supreme Court Justices Holmes wishing they would be murdered. You know, you're you're setting precedents here. If you're on the left, you need to understand this. You are setting precedents now that the post-Christian right, if you didn't like the Christian right, wait till you meet the post-Christian right. You're setting precedents the post-Christian right will use. I mean, you say that that Donald Trump's rhetoric inflamed enough people to storm the U.S. Capitol. You call it an insurrection. They built a gallows. And by the way, I'm on record saying it was bad. It, it shouldn't have been done. But you say it was Donald Trump's rhetoric inflamed this. And now you've got people on the left saying they're taking away your rights. What's next? They're going to take away your gay marriage. They're going to take away your interracial marriage, which they're not going to do. By the way, Clarence Thomas is in interracial marriage. But this is what they're saying. Does your rhetoric not matter? Does your rhetoric get an exemption? Donald Trump's, you would give Donald Trump no exemption whatsoever on his rhetoric, and yet you want an exemption on your rhetoric? Really? That's what you want? You don't think your words will inflame people? You have protesters outside Brett Kavanaugh's house all night long, keeping him and his family awake. Samuel Alito, the justice who wrote the draft decision of Dobbs, is in hiding with his family. Federal agents have placed a Supreme Court justice in hiding. Have you heard this on the news? It is now confirmed through Supreme Court sources that Samuel Alito and his family have been taken by federal agents, placed in custody, and put in hiding because of the threats on his life. That news came out two days ago, and Joe Biden said nothing. In fact, it was Chuck Schumer who singled out Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch last year and said they would reap the whirlwind for the decisions that come down if they impact Roe. There's always this double standard on the press you need to be mindful of.
When Maxine Waters was urging people to get violent, the press was largely giving her a pass. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in 2018 said we were running concentration camps along the border. It inspired a man to firebomb an ICE facility. He got killed in the process, and the media gave her a pass. Remember, Joe Biden at one point said that Republicans wanted to put black people back in chains, and the media gave him a pass. They always give the left a pass on this rhetoric. And that is one reason the right has gotten more bold in what it does, because they've stopped caring about the judgment of the press when the press has shown itself to be so violent or or so in favor of violence or at least turn a blind eye to violence when it's the left. You have Valerie Jarrett's daughter on CNN, a news anchor, saying, ah, people are talking about civility, but, I mean, when your rights are at stake, it's understandable. A pro-life facility has been firebombed. The left would have you believe pro-lifers only care about children in utero. Once they're born, they don't care about them. Actually, this facility helped moms who did not have abortions. It, it helped them cover the cost of diapers and formula, among other things. It's been firebombed by someone on the left. And again, it is against federal law to protest outside a federal judge's home. Where are the federal authorities? Where are the federal authorities? A reporter for a news outlet has deleted her Twitter account. After word broke of the firebombing of the pro-life center in in, um, Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, she tweeted out more of this until they're rotting in the grave. That was her tweet. More of this until they're rotting in the grave. These are the people we're dealing with. When you have an attorney general like the attorney general in Michigan saying she's not going to enforce the law that she doesn't like, when you have the members of the media excusing protests, because after all, it's their rights, when you have Democrats on television hysterically telling people gay marriage is next, interracial marriage is next, they're coming for you, you know, we don't have to speculate at what the sort of unhinged rhetoric will do. In 2017, Democrats started telling people Republican tax cuts and Obamacare reform were going to kill people. They ran ads showing a Paul Ryan lookalike shoving grandma in a wheelchair off a cliff. And a man named James Hodgkinson, a Bernie Sanders supporter, decided it was too much and someone had to act. So he got a gun, drove to Virginia and attempted the mass assassination of Republican members of Congress because of the Democratic rhetoric. That's not in dispute. It is a fact. And now, those Democrats and members of the media say, well, you can't really expect people to be civil now, can you? This doesn't end well for any of us. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this here program? Um, I think it is very commendable that on Mother's Day weekend, Jill Biden, Jill, not Joe, went to Ukraine, to Lviv, where the president of Ukraine, um, Zelensky, his wife, Zelenska, uh, First Lady Zelenska has been in hiding with her children. The Russians have been hunting for both her husband and for her to kill them. And she came out 
to be with Jill Biden on Mother's Day weekend in Ukraine. And that's good. Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, has also been there now. Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the UK, has been there. Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, has been there. Where is the president of the United States or the vice president? Where are they? The president of the United States could have been in Ukraine this weekend, which, by the way, was also Victory Day in Russia. Victory Day in Russia is a a national celebration that transcends uh, typical politics in Russia. Everybody celebrates Victory Day in Russia. And Putin hoped to have a big victory in Ukraine by now, and he does not. And it is looking more and more likely that he cannot scale up because if he does scale up or summon more troops, he could very well face a coup. Uh, The Ukrainians are worried the Russians are about to get even more violent. The Russians have failed, it seems, to secure the eastern Ukraine. And and multiple reports out of Ukraine show that the Russians thought they could bribe Ukrainian political leaders. And they couldn't. It didn't work. They didn't get the rallying they thought they could get. The, the, The people wouldn't accept the bribes. Uh, The people turned out to be far more patriotic than the Russians expected. It's been a disaster for uh, Russia, and now their people are coming back in body bags. Things are not going well for the Russians there. Why can't the president or the vice president of the United States go to Ukraine? Nancy Pelosi went to Ukraine. Nancy Pelosi went. Almost forgot about that one. The president could have gone. Now, here's one problem, though. Uh, Someone in this administration, apparently to the great anger of the president of the United States, if reports are to be believed, has been leaking our intelligence to take credit for the Ukrainian success. They're looking for the leaker, allegedly. I have a personal pet theory on this, though. It's actually that um, the Biden political shop is doing the leaking to try to make Biden look good and competent compared to Afghanistan because so many Republicans have been attacking him for his failures to help the Ukrainians share intelligence. Now we're taking credit for all of their successes, saying it was our intelligence. It's to make Biden look good, look like he's doing something and be effective. And it's actually hurting us because Americans realize bragging about that level of intelligence could provoke a response from the Russians that we don't necessarily want right now. It was foolish and foolhardy of the Biden team to do, and yet they did it. Now, when we come back, we got to talk about the uh, formula shortage is actually a really, really big deal. Well, because so many of you demanded it, I took one for the team. I watched 2,000 Mules. Very good propaganda piece. That's all I will say. We need to move on. We've got real things to talk about, uh, including the shortage of formula. That's probably the biggest story of the day. Um, and it's one that the media is really only catching on to. They've been so obsessed with the Dobbs situation, the media has not really paid attention to the formula situation. And it is going to be bad. Now, I listen, um, I have seen some remarks by people. And I'm kind of shocked people are this naive. But I have seen some remarks uh, along the lines of... Um, just breastfeed your kid. I'm actually kind of shocked 
uh, that anyone would say that. You know, my wife, right after we got married, had to have a double mastectomy. Uh, 25 years old, had to have a double mastectomy. It was prophylactic, meaning uh, that we knew, given her family history of breast cancer, she would get it. And doctors advised her, based on her genetics, that she needed to go on and get it done. So six months after we got married, my wife had a double mastectomy. The things they don't tell you about that, just as an aside, um, doctors like to paint in those sorts of circumstances, I guess, a rosier, more optimistic picture. And her recovery time was miserable. It took months and months after the mastectomy for her to be able to have a um, reconstructive surgery. And she had to have multiple reconstructive surgeries. Um, We wound up ultimately having to go to a different plastic surgeon to get everything done the way it should have been done. And we had to use formula when we had kids, obviously. And it's expensive. Formula is an expensive part of the budget for, you know, so a couple of things they don't tell you when you're having kids. One, overnight your child will grow, and on Sunday a diaper that fits fine by Monday will be bursting at the seams, overflowing with pee. The number of ruptured diapers I've dealt with as a dad, and all the uh, the water absorbing or liquid absorbing little granules that spill out with a diaper burst because the kid just overnight all of a sudden can fill up a diaper, and you're on to the next diaper. And sometimes they're they're the new diaper doesn't quite fit as well because they haven't had major growth spurt, but boy, their bladder's grown. It's just, it's awful. And you know, when you get the boy, you got to be strategic because if you leave things uncovered, suddenly you've got like a fire hose there peeing all over everything. Just whoosh, 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 ah. you got to be careful there. And then the poops. Oh, y'all, the, the little red faces and the grunts that they make. Oh, you know, it's going to be in for a doozy. And the formula stinks. Now, my wife and I, we figured out we could every day make enough formula for that day. You can't make it well in advance. You can't make formula well in advance, but you could make about a day's worth and it'll be fine. And you keep it in a jug and then then you warm it up. Uh, We used a microwave. Uh, Some people are very adamant you shouldn't. We did. Our kids are fine, um, arguably. But it just, it it was expensive. It was pricey. And Infamil is one. I forget what the other one was. Um... But one, uh, Similac, Similac and Infamil are, are the two big ones. And I forget, I think we, our kid didn't do well on one. We had to switch to the other. And it's a really big deal, particularly for mothers who can't breastfeed. And some moms use it supplemental to breast milk. And it's expensive. And now you can't find it. This is your – if you don't realize this, and, and most people I think listening do, but if you don't, you do need to understand that when your children are born, they can't eat solid foods. And you are months of just breast milk or formula. Cow's milk is no substitute. It ends badly. Breast milk or formula. And only then, months in, do you start – with stage one foods, Gerber makes it very easy for you. Eventually, when they have teeth, you'll start working up to solid foods, but it takes a while. And to begin with, formula 
is a predominant thing in this country. And they've had the formula companies have said some supply chain issues, uh, some contamination issues. This is not Joe Biden's fault. You need to understand this. Uh, It's not a partisan point here. This is not Joe Biden's fault, but it's going to become Joe Biden's fault. People want someone to blame. And people are going to get very angry about the shortages of formula. Um, And as a result of this, they're going to look for political heads to roll. And this is going to be on the Democrats. And I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand how they don't understand that this, they're not going to escape responsibility for this. And by the way, I, I want you to be very clear here, left, right, and center. I'm not blaming Joe Biden for this. It is not his fault. The factories have had supply chain problems that are outside the purview of the president. They've had contamination problems outside the purview of the president, and they're falling behind. But it becomes a political problem when people's kids are going hungry. And the president has tools at his power, including the Defense Procurement Act, which some people are starting to raise, that could cut through bureaucracy and get the supply chain going again. It will become a political problem. They don't seem to see it coming. This is very much to me like the border situation. And this is what really baffles me about this White House is there are foreseeable things. You know, let, let me just let, let me step back for a minute. Let's step back for just a minute on this. In a newsroom, there are things that you foresee. You're going to be covering certain things. It's like, you know, let's take Southern Living Magazine. I don't care where you are in the United States. Uh, Southern Living Magazine is a thing. And or a catalog, a, a catalog company. I, I, I know a guy. Um, I, I follow him on Instagram. And at, at some point I get together need to get together with him for bourbon and cigars. Um, I, I like his company, Onward Reserve. And I, I, I follow them, and they are they, they shoot their Christmas catalog in the summer. And so they're all dressed in winter clothes. It's like 90 degrees outside, but you got to prepare for it. You take Southern Living, they're doing their Thanksgiving uh, edition sometime in the spring. They're, they're doing all their food layouts. They're doing all the recipes. They're getting it all done. They know it's coming, and they've got to prepare, and they prepare a year in advance. And, and within six months, they're doing the photography. They're doing the, the recipes. They're doing the planning so they can get the Thanksgiving issue out for the month of November because, hey, you look at the calendar, and you get November on the calendar. you got to plan for it. You know that's going to be the Thanksgiving issue. And then guess what? Guess what the next one's going to be? Guess what? Guess what? Christmas. So you're going to do with Southern Living, you got to come up with a cake. Because every year, Southern Living is known for having a cake, a unique cake, a beautifully done cake on the cover of its December edition. And then you're going to get into to March, April, and you're going to have the spring edition. Everybody does this. It, it, it's planning. You know if you're in politics, uh, you're going to start planning now for your coverage of the Iowa caucuses. It's up in the air as to whether or not the Democrats are going to go with Iowa. The Republicans surely are. You know you've got the New Hampshire primary coming up in less than a year. or no, 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 Two years now. You, you, you've got some time. You, you know this November you're going to have a big midterm election. You're already trying to figure out who are the candidates, who's going to win. We need to get the graphics done because you've got – an election coming up in November. You know these things. You plan these things. It's the same you and I do. My wife 
God bless my wife. My wife keeps a paper calendar. She refuses to use electronics. My wife is a Luddite. She hates technology. She wishes iPhones would go away and computers would die. She would prefer it if we all went back to analog and paper. If she could have a record player and an eight track, my wife would be happy as long as she could get 80s music. She keeps a paper calendar. And when I have conversations with my wife to tell her that I'm going to do something, I know I either have to carry her calendar to her when I begin to it's, – it's, y'all, it's the most frustrating thing. I, I, gotta, I love my wife. But I'm like, honey, I'm thinking I want to go on a fishing trip this weekend with some friends. Wait, 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 wait. I got to get my calendar. I got to get – I'm just – I want to tell you that this is – wait, 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 wait. I got to get my calendar. I got to get my – I just want to tell you that I'm going somewhere. No, no. Can't have these discussions. I have to have the calendar in front. It's got to be a paper printed calendar. She's got to see it all. And you know what? She never misses an appointment as a result. She keeps it all in print. Nothing's going to die. She keeps that sucker in her purse and she's got this calendar. It's a special mom calendar. And it's got every person in the household with their own line every day of the week. And she can see where he's going here. She's going here. He's going here. I'm going here. And you plan. I have never seen a White House like this White House that is as bad as they are at planning for easily anticipated things. I have never seen this coming. It's it's remarkable to me. The formula shortage is not their problem, but it's going to become their problem, and I can see it, and they seem to be caught flat-footed. The border is their problem. They've had a year to prepare for Title 42 going away, and they're caught flat-footed. It is the most remarkable thing to see the level of incompetence in this White House when it comes to planning. They need my wife and her paper calendar to look into the future and say, hey, guess what? These things are coming up. These are going to be problems. If I can anticipate them, they should be able to anticipate them. They're experts at this, and they're flailing about. The economic situation in this country is taking a turn for the worse. The markets are crashing. The Dow is down. Everything is down again. It's just bad. We can all see this sort of stuff coming. And it's just remarkable to me that this White House continually gets caught flat-footed by it all. Now, let's go to the phones. I got Alan waiting. I am going to check in with you. Welcome, Alan. How are you? Oh, great. I hope you're doing well today. I am. Thank you. I'll, I'll get right to the point. Um, in, the, in the summer of uh, 2020, we had nationwide riots regarding George Floyd. Uh, and in certain respects, the right was cowed and emotionally held in check regarding their grievances, um, especially the, the bias of the press over four years regarding the way they treated Donald Trump and certain issues. But two years later, as I, I was talking to the call screener, it's now a period of the boy that cried wolf in the right, in their mind. Everything, everything is a protest on the left. If you, you know, if you're like if you use, uh, you're raising your child and say he misbehaves, it's a boy and he misbehaves. If you whip that child too often after a certain point, he becomes um, like thick skin to it. Mm-hmm. It will lose its effect. He, he won't be afraid of being whipped. And, and, and in, a, in a metaphorical sense, we have seen two years of utter failure and complete chaos and no results. And now the abortion issue and the buildings have come up. And 
the right, it's, uh, well, hey, this is more of the same, and it's not going to cause the reaction. And, and like you have said, maybe you never have said it in these words, but the left is live, living in a complete and total separate reality. <laughs> yes. Uh, the the and, reality distortion field in their bubble is, is amazing. And, 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 they, and, and they don't understand why what's worked in the past is not working now, and it's because of the, the chickens that have come home to the roost everything they've done like the idea of transitioning because of um i can't sometimes my words lock up you know the yeah the yeah cars the, and how we, transgenderism and yeah, all that yes that they've got it's not that they don't have a point in certain ways but like like with our energy situation you gotta transition i mean i own tesla stock but it's only we've only made like a one and a half percent, two percent headway. Right. It's going to take years and years and years. That's why Elon Musk is trying to get up to twenty million vehicles in in ten years. It, that that that's his hope if everything falls into place and we make headway, etc. Yeah, you can't do it you, next you week. Know, you raise a you raise a really good point here, Alan. I, I got to let you go there because I got a commercial break. But thank you for for raising this this point. The right used to have to play the game because they did not have their own outlets to get their message out. They were relying on ABC, CBS, NBC, The New York Times, The Washington Post, CNN. They don't have to play the left's game anymore, and the left hasn't quite figured that out. Well, to a degree they have, which is why they scream about misinformation and disinformation. They're trying to convince people that everyone lies to the public except for them, and people have figured out their game. It doesn't work for them anymore. They don't know how to recalibrate right now in order to engage the American public because their monopoly control of information has gone away. Some people, yes, lie to you. But more often than not, what is going on is it's it's not people lying to you. It's they're telling you things the left prefers you not to know. You know, speaking of the information or disinformation and supply chain of information out there, one of the groups that actually props up uh, the conservative voices in America and the conservative movement in America to get you truthful information that competes with the mainstream media narrative is Patriot Mobile. They actually take a portion of their profits and contribute to the conservative cause, but they need you as a customer to keep it up and keep fighting for the conservative cause. And the way they do it, they take you as a customer, they put you on their cell service for their 5G, their data, their voice, they use the same towers everyone else does. They give you good discounts for using them, and then they fund the conservative movement. You can get free activation with them by going to patriotmobile.com slash eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Spend a few minutes with them. Make sure they're a good fit for you. I think you'll like them like I do. You can also call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. You're working with good people who share your values. It really is remarkable to me that uh, the Democrats were equating parents who showed up at school board meetings to terrorists for challenging school boards on their curriculum and shutdowns and mass policies, but uh, protesters outside Supreme Court justices' houses uh, chanting for their death. Uh, they just call it peaceful protest. It's really, really remarkable. Um, I, I, at the 2 o'clock hour today, 
Latham Sadler is going to join me for the entire hour. He is running for the U.S. Senate in Georgia. I've invited all of the Georgia GOP Senate candidates to spend an hour on radio with me since so many of my affiliates are across the state of Georgia. It felt like I was uh, taking some responsibility there to to help the audiences, introduce them to the candidates. Uh, Herschel Walker has uh, not uh, accepted the invitation. Um, Well, actually, they just haven't replied at all. Uh, but uh, all the other candidates, Kelvin King, Josh Clark, uh, were last week. Latham Sadler will be today. Next Monday will be Gary Black. Uh, all of them to spend just an hour in the 2 o'clock hour with me on radio saying who they are, uh, why they're running, what their big issues are, uh, kind of probative of them and their backgrounds. He'll be joining me. Also, uh, your prayers are appreciated. Tomorrow, my wife has her cancer scans again. Uh, with metronomic regularity every three months, we go for her scans for her lung cancer. And uh, tomorrow will be the first time in two years I'm allowed to go with her. So I will be there and then um, be here with you after it's done. It's just down the street from the from the studio. So I'll be in studio tomorrow after that. But prayers appreciated on that one. It, 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 all, it never seems to weigh on us. And then all of a sudden we get to the day and we're like, gosh, uh, really, we're here again, and so tomorrow will be that day. Now, when we come back, we got to move on to other things before Latham Sadler joins me at 2 o'clock. And the next hour, uh, the Democratic playbook. Uh, Paul Begala is actually a friend. He was on with Bill Maher on Friday. Uh, got very, very critical of the Democratic Party. Uh, Democrats, you should listen when one of your own big names has intense criticism for you. It's very telling what his criticism was, and the fact that he felt comfortable enough saying it as he said it uh, on Friday night on Bill Maher's show. I want to share it with you, and then I have some thoughts for those of you on the left who are despairing right now. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.